0: Well, howdy, Pastor Mark Triscoll here. Uh, thanks for joining us. We've got the special Real Leaders, uh, kind of Veterans Day episode. A couple of soldiers, chaplain, maybe you guys introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and we'll take it from there. Yeah, so
1: Mark, thank you for uh the honor of being here. Yeah, it was nice. good to have your family at church and yes. your kids got to go down the water slides. And We picked a great week to come. Your your birthday party, the yeah. sixth birthday party. So that was amazing. Um, Ryan Pierce, I'm a chaplain in, in the Army. Uh, both of us are stationed at Yuma Proving Grounds, which is like three hours from here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just... I started out enlisted. Um, I was private Pierce for a little bit, uh, and then eventually became an officer and then eventually a chaplain. So that's So that's how do you I do that?
0: How do you become, how do you move up the ranks and get into a Because cha- it
1: basically means you're a pastor on yes. the base doing what pastors do. Yeah, so the three big things, education, experience, endorsement. Those are the three E's to become a, a chaplain, some people think, well, hey, just sign this piece of paper. I want to become a chaplain. It's a little bit more complicated yeah. than that. So I, I've never had a break in service. Um, I've always at least been in the National Guard. So National, you know, you so got- So how many years serving? I, I have served for 20 years. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, you don't look that old, Thank brother. you. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> that. No, I am that old. Um, I've been serving for 20 years, but not all of it has been active duty. Um, national Guard, if you're familiar with National yeah, yeah, Guard yeah, yeah. or Reserve. Yeah. So I, I drilled one week in a month. And then I was able to be a full-time seminary student and a full-time pastor. And those are, you gotta have education, Okay. you gotta have experience, full-time pastoral civilian experience, and then you have to be endorsed. Um, So for example, I'm endorsed by the North American Mission Board. Okay. You have to have an endorsement. Some
0: overseeing body that, yeah. yeah. So in addition though to Christian, What else are some of the religious lanes, spiritual lanes, it's gotten a little broader in the military. I mean, not everybody who is a chaplain is like, thumbs up team Jesus. Who all all can make it as a chaplain? What are the
1: religions that are represented? The biggest, you know, denomination or whatever, it would be be considered Protestant, okay? So you have Christians, you have Protestant, and of course we wear a cross, and so you know this is a Christian Mm -hmm. chaplain. Now even within Protestantism, you know that there's that's a mixed bag and so th- there's a lot of there's a lot of different religions even or a lo- lot of different denominations even within that mm-hmm. but then the other ones you know you have muslim chaplains you have catholic chaplains which catholic chaplains wear a cross um and then you would have buddhist chaplains now those are considered minority chaplains yeah. they are not very many of them uh the biggest majority of the chaplains are christian and i would say mainline Protestant Christians. There are some- So like Lutherans, Methodists, Presbyterians would kind of be the lion's share? Yes, yeah. Now there's some that fall outside of what I would consider mainline and mainline Orthodox. They wear a cross, but they probably don't really believe all the things that I would believe. so you look at him, you say, oh, there's a cross. He's a Christian chaplain. But we chaplains know who's endorsed by who. Yeah. So, you know, like if, if I'm serving at a chapel with other chaplains, generally speaking, I agree with all of them on the major issues. So they'd
0: be like the evangelical group? Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: And so for those who may not be familiar, what's a chaplain do on base? What's, what's that ministry like?
1: Yeah. Well, one big thing is... I mean, Sunday morning, of course. You have service on base? We have service on base. I mean, of course, we have to pour ourselves into Sunday morning, but there's so much more than just Sunday morning. I mean, Sunday morning is a small slice of what we do. Monday through Friday, we are, you know, I mean, we're there for all the soldiers and family members and any DA civilians, Department of Army civilians, so we're staff officers, um, and so you know there's a lot that goes into being a staff officer. Uh, we're also counselors. Um, so you've got marriage issues, you've got yes. pre-marriage, you've got couples getting married,
0: you've got people getting pregnant out of wedlock, yep. you've got all the usual stuff that everybody deals with, you've got conflict within the marriage, family, miscarriages, have yes. kids, parenting, and then you're doing the funerals, Yes. and
1: then you're walking with the widows and orphans. What's, yes.
0: what's that like?
1: the the three biggest you know and this is straight out of the army chaplain textbook the three biggest core competencies of the chaplain corps are nurture the living care for the wounded and honor the fallen mm-hmm. now what we do most is nurture the living you hope you never have to do the other two but sometimes you do you have to care for the wounded and then god forbid you have to honor the fallen and that is Time wise, that's the least of what we do. But when we emotionally, but yeah, when we have to do it, you're there with the widow and the kids. Yes, it is the most important thing, and you can you cannot mess that part up. Um, So, if there is someone who dies, maybe it's a soldier in combat, maybe it's a soldier in training, maybe it's a soldier in a car accident, or family members, yeah, you got to be there, and there's memorial ceremonies and there's counseling and everything. Your world stops and you focus on that.
0: But, so you're dealing with a lot of trauma. Yes. And then, um, and then with deployments, you've got families that are in need and in crisis, mm-hmm. and dad, you know, usually it's dad is gone. What happens to a family, dad goes off, dies in combat, women and children, we're living on the base, we're part of the community, what happens to that family then?
1: So, yeah, great question. The army takes care of them, for a certain amount of time, but eventually they're, and and of course there's life insurance and there's, you know, all the funeral arrangements are taken care of and everything like that. But eventually they go back to wherever they're from. So they leave their community of
0: support, fellow soldiers and families that understand. Yes. And so for them, it's, you lose, let's say in this case, it's dad, tragically, and then pack up and move and leave, where you've lived and all the people you've done mm-hmm. life with and all those emotional support relationships that got mm-hmm. you through or, or
1: with you through the trauma and the crisis and then you start over somewhere else. My recommendation for families like that, especially when it's time to transition from the army back to wherever they're from, they gotta get plugged into their local church because everything you just mentioned the, the Army's there for them on a number of different levels, mm-hmm. not just with the Chaplain Corps, their chain of command, their friends, their neighbors. If they live on post, I'm sure they have a great, you know, family readiness group and neighbors and they all come together. It's, it's a big deal. But what happens like what, what you just asked when they go back, they got to get plugged in back home with their family, their friends, and particularly their local church. And then you just hope that they have a good local church wherever they're going to, that is able to help them. Because if a few months goes by, you just lost your spouse. I mean, a few months, that's not, I mean, you're still hurting. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. So. And you're still raising kids yeah. and answering their questions and all of the process of grief, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so even for those that are pastors or leaders that are watching, I mean, it convicts me like there should be somebody appointed at the church and we need to do this at Trinity where I Mm -hmm. pastor. So thanks for sharing. And that is, you know, somebody who knows that this is their designated ministry is to welcome families that are either relocating or they're through trauma and crisis that somebody's raising their hand and say, we're here and we're Mm -hmm. here for you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be at the front of the line as a priority. Yeah. Rather than just showing up and hoping it works out
1: yeah and anyone can do that but I would say probably I mean if you're gonna have people lead that ministry oh they
0: have to be former military or current yeah. it,
1: it definitely helps I mean yeah. I mean just even if it's like hey I, I you know I was in the Army reserves for a few years you know way more than someone who Who wasn't in at all. And so just to be able to speak that language and to understand, because the army is it's a different language. Yeah. Like when you start talking, there's acronyms and there's things that that you start saying. So yeah, get find your prior service people who who have a heart for that. And those are the people that you want to be able to take care of, you know, the, the other prior service people.
2: So
0: very cool. So introduce yourself, you're on the soldier side, and we'll pick up the story with you, buddy.
2: All right. Um, my name is, uh, I'm Sergeant Brandon Sheeman. So I'm on the enlisted side. Um, I have, you know, wife. So he'd children. be your pastor? Yeah. He, he's <laughs> the chaplain of my base. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's actually it's the, with the conversation. Um, that's how we got introduced. Uh, so I, I just lost my grandmother. Hmm. So he, I was sent to him from my leadership to, you know, have a conversation and everything. So he helped me Somebody to pray lock. with, somebody yeah. to walk with. So it's, you know, just, sorry, that's a side note. But it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's how we got introduced in the first place was with, he was Helping me and guiding me through the through my family loss this year, and
0: then coaching you a little bit probably how to yep. deal with family and funeral and, yep. and
2: yeah and, and traveling and all traveling
0: that. and all of that. So okay, so tell us a little bit about your story. And then you've got the craziest you've got the craziest job. I don't know if yeah. you they did rock paper scissors and you <laughs> lost or what happened, but we'll get into that.
2: Yeah, um, it's life decisions. Uh, so <laughs> I, I I'm a parachute rigger at the uh, Airborne Test Force. So explain,
0: you guys are down at Yuma. Maybe explain yep. for folks. The Yuma base is a little unusual. Very much. Uh, it's not about as much having as many soldiers, but you do some very specific testing there.
2: Yeah. We're the, we're the main kind of test for the, for the Army. So they test their desert vehicles and stuff like that. So what I'm part of is the airborne side of it. So parachutes, dropping heavy so, equipment. So, and...
0: <laughs> You're the parachute tester? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations, you're still here. I mean, that's crazy. So so when they have new flight gear, they want to see if it works or not, they give it to you. And then you
1: Yeah,
2: the
0: mannequin first.
1: (laughs) and then He's second.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. The second crash test dummy.
0: So give us some examples of what I mean, what does that job look like? I mean, we can't get Americans to go to work, you know, and they're, Hmm. you know, they're at a furniture store sitting at the front desk, greeting people, and most Americans are like, that's too much, and you're like, I'll try the parachute, drop me out of the plane.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so we have have a lot of different equipment, so a lot of stuff is, we'll test stuff for, like a Fort Bragg, that's where our main command is out of. Um, So it's, if they're testing a new radio, but they gotta make sure it can handle a parachute drop, landing, and everything like that, so they'll give it to us, we'll put on, that was one of the tests I was a part of, We had. It's the same parachutes. They didn't mess with the parachute this time. That's good. But it was radio strapped to us. Then it was seeing how they fit, put the parachute on, go jump out of an airplane when they land, and then they make sure everything works after it. We did, more recently, did take some sights for it's like snipers and things like that. We jump with them. They go shoot them after to make sure they still work. So we're just give equipment to us we jump out of airplanes if it survives (laughs) it goes to the big army and that's how that's pretty much my entire job have you had
0: i mean of course i gotta ask this question have you had anything that didn't work uh occasionally
2: yeah with some of the you know the sites and stuff like that they would always have one that you know somebody like i'm a a heavier airborne guy so if i land on something wrong or something i come down faster than (laughs) the 120 pound guy and so (laughs) every once in a while something will break some equipment will go down
0: that's fun. How long yeah. have you been doing that for?
2: So I've been on almost six years now.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for doing it. I mean, I, you know, you, you see the gear and then you forget, like somebody had to see if that gear was going to work. Mm-hmm. So thanks for yeah. being that guy. So good. what is it like for you as a Christian living on base with your family? For most that are hearing this, they're living civilian life. They don't understand Christian life on base as a Christian. It's
2: been interesting like uh since I've since I joined cuz my first 3 years I was in Germany. Okay. So it was they, they I think they had a uh chapel on one of the bases but they didn't have one on the base that I was directly associated with so we were you know finding churches and that kind of thing. Then now being here we have the chapel on base. We have obviously nearby that's how you know we got introduced cuz you know hey you're going through something go yeah. and go talk to him and it, you know so we, it's nice to know it's nearby. My wife knows that she's got you know, everybody's numbers, everybody's stuff. Yeah, so so
0: explain the relationships between the families. I'm guessing they're probably more intertwined and deeper level of relationship than the typical church that people are a part of, because you're kind of living
1: together and doing life and deployment together. So at my short time at YPG, Yuma Proving Ground, only been there for a couple months, but when when it's the summer, it's hard to get out and meet people, you know, it's just so stinking hot. But yeah. when it cools down, everyone's outside. It's like it's like a little Mayberry. You know, everyone's outside, everyone's meeting and even at larger bases you got neighborhoods, neighborhoods, and there's, there's shared commonalities. You just know that the neighbors next to you are pretty much going through the same thing, and they're all speaking the same language. They're all usually walking in life together. They got kids that are generally the same age. I mean, even our kids are generally the same age. So YPG, Yuma Proving Ground, is just kind of a small version of what you would get at bigger Army post, Um, but yeah, I mean, families really come together. And of course there's sometimes, you know, there's drama and whatnot, but, um, the uh, families come together and especially at YPG, me being the only chaplain there, I really would like to see the community come together, especially around the chapel, preferably, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and around Jesus and around Christ. So to build that up, to build the community up. You know, and kind of have the chapel be the center point of that. That's really my goal and and my prayer that that's what will happen at at YPG once it cools off. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For those of you that aren't in Arizona, Yuma, June, July, and August, it's
0: bad. Uh, it's the beast, the false yeah. prophet, the antichrist. I mean, it's just hell on earth. It's and as hot as it is
1: here in in Phoenix, it's even hotter in Yuma. I know. Yuma, yeah. So I know. So
0: so let me uh, so so let me ask you that being on base, part of the ministry in the chapel. What does that look like for your family? Is that Bible studies? Is that Sunday morning? Is that kids ministry? Compared to the average person who's going to a typical church off base, how is it similar and dissimilar for you and your family?
2: So it's actually just changed. Like you said, he's he just come in for the past couple of months. And now we're starting, we're just kind of getting that upswinging now. Like we've mm-hmm. talked about uh, Bible studies and this and that. Like So different weeks, weeknights and because I, I work Monday through Thursday. So it's it's a different kind of work schedule, depending mm-hmm. on what we got and like my family schedule. So with everything kind of spinning up now where we have Bible studies throughout the week, we're just kind of, we're honestly just getting started.
1: Okay. yeah. So it's almost like a church plant. It It is yeah. like a church plant. Um, now, not always. I mean, sometimes you, you, you get there, you hit the ground running. There's, you know, if you're on a larger base, there's multiple chaplains there and you're just kind of, you know, fall right in. At YPG, you know, it's I'm I'm kind of you know just it is kind of like a church plant. So we're just now kicking off a bunch of ministries, like Brendan was saying, Bible studies, things for ladies, things for men. Marital of course, stuff, we parenting mar, stuff, marital stuff. We're going to do some date nights. We're going to do some spiritual fitness luncheons, uh, things like that. So a lot of things are, are are coming coming through, and and this is just you know to serve the community, and and my focus is mostly on families, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look around, especially in the neighborhoods, the small community where people live at YPG, I see a lot of, I see a lot of families. I see a lot of kids and I know kids, you know, you got to have kids programs. So we're kicking off a bunch of kids programs. And, you know, it seems like everything's okay, but I know that there are, there's, there's issues, there's marital problems, and it's, it's no different than civilians would go through, but there's unique challenges that, you know, military families totally. um, and military, you know, marriages have.
0: Well, cause for most families, so you get married, then you and your spouse decide, where are we gonna live? Mm-hmm. Where are we gonna work? What's our schedule gonna be? Where, we're, where will our kids go to school? You join the military. Uh, my guess is you don't get to make a lot of decisions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some Somebody else gets to make all of those decisions. So. You may end up at a place that wasn't your first choice. You may end up in a community that wasn't your first pick. You know, Mm -hmm. a a lot of decisions are made for you. Mm -hmm. And that probably leads to a lot of tension in the marriage because the one spouse is saying, hey, you know, I didn't sign up for all of this. And now someone else is making all the major decisions for our family.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's usually one, and and it could be the service member and it could be the spouse, but one of them is usually more disgruntled than the other. And of course, when you're not on the same sheet of music, that's that's a problem. I I love doing marital counseling. I mean I don't like doing marital counseling yeah. if I don't have to, but I do love doing marital counseling if if you know, if necessary, because I, I hate to see marriages fail. So let me ask you that. Do you know off the top of your head and if you don't that's fine, but like statistically Uh,
0: You know, divorce rate, disillusion of marriage for those who are active military versus civilian. I'm assuming, in everything I've ever read, that number is much higher.
1: Yeah, it's it's slightly higher. I don't think it's much higher. Um, I don't have, you know, updated numbers, but there is a divorce problem across America. Oh, yeah, yeah and the, the the military is just a snapshot of America yeah. there are certain communities within the military that have higher divorce rates than others uh, because of, of what they do but generally speaking the the Army's divorce rate is only slightly higher actually than than the outside world mm-hmm. but anytime there's a divorce I mean it's it's heartbreaking especially when you know that it's Preventable and and usually it, it is preventable, um, but uh, but yeah I mean to do marital counseling and uh, to 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 be able to hopefully help them and bring them together, yeah. it, that's rewarding that that's a good part of of my job. Well, I'm
0: guessing on the base too premarital has got to be a huge thing. You've got a bunch of young guys that are single and if they pick <laughs> the wrong gal, it could be a lot of pain.
1: I don't do nearly enough premarital counseling and and I tell and I because they don't. You know, I, I they can't, don't ask. I, I can't force they have people. a few drinks, go to Vegas and then ask you to fix it. I can't. That's that's kind of <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that's kind of how it is. And and I'll see them later within the first year. There's so much that so many marital counselings that I've done within the first year, even people like I've been stationed somewhere for three years once. I've known this guy for, you know, two close to 3 years. I said, "How how long have you been married?" "Oh, we've only been married 6 months." I said, "Man, I've known you for 18 months." "How when did you meet, you know, yeah. your wife?" "Oh, I met her 7 months ago." You know, I said, "Where were you 7 months ago? You know, yeah. why are you why are you coming to see me now? Why didn't you come see me?" And then I would I would have people come to me and say, "Can you marry us?" And I said- That's a fire aim ready. Like you guys, you guys were taught how to do things. This isn't it. Uh, can, can you marry us? And I said, okay, hold up. I got a couple questions for you. So I start asking questions and I say, hey, listen, what you're wanting is not a chaplain. What you're wanting is a justice of the peace. That's what you want. I said, I can give you the number to the justice of the peace, yeah. but if you want me to marry you, this is what you're gonna do. Yeah. And some of them say okay, and some of them are like, no, never mind. I said okay. I mean, I you know, you I can't control you, but you know, if you're gonna, you've you've known her for two months or whatever. This is not statistically speaking. I hope it works out for you, but statistically speaking, this is not good. This is not good. So if I marry anyone, I of course require premarital counseling. That's awesome. A- as a chaplain, I am under, and I tell him this. I said I am under no compulsion. I do not have to marry you. I can marry you, but I can also say no. I don't have to marry yeah. anyone. So yeah, I don't do enough pre, I wish I would do more premarital counseling. Well, let's
0: circle back around to that, because there's some great resources through XO, Marriage Today, some some great, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Simba, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts from the parents. There's all yeah. these different resources that could be super helpful. Um, for you, as you know military family, for those that are going to, a lot of pastors listen to this, a lot of church leaders listen to this, family shows up at church that's a military family, maybe active or, or, or having completed their, their assigned time, what's going to be most helpful to welcome, to serve the military families, uh, somewhat different than even some of the civilian families? What, what would be most helpful for you and your family walking into a church right now?
2: As far as like a military chapel and everything goes, well, just yeah, just or you guys just right now, in general. just
0: church in general. Like you guys, let's say you and your family next weekend. are Like we're going to look for a local church to get plugged into. Yeah. You show up. What's going to be most helpful for you and your family?
2: I think I think a big big issue with military, especially because we'll you know, like you said, not during the summer, but during you know the winter yeah. months when it's summertime everywhere else, is like is knowing that you're not a, the only Christian on base. <laughs> like you, you'll sit there and have a conversation with somebody for an hour at a park that your kids are playing and then they you know happens to come up and they go oh you're a Christian too it's nobody nobody knows or everybody's they're not they're not loud enough about yeah. it mm-hmm. so it's I think when you go into a chapel or a church and you see military military and you go oh man you're on the same base I am like oh well, we can we, you know Knowing that you're not the only Christian there, you know yeah. you're not the only one We've walking community that. community support, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a, that's a big thing is the community. Like no What does your not...
0: wife need walking into a church?
2: Uh, break for my kids, probably. <laughs> uh, I try to provide that every now and again. Um, so programming where
0: mom can get maybe yeah. women's ministry, get with the gals, yes. prayer yeah. adult conversation. Somebody watch the kids.
2: Yeah, that's one thing we yes. we, we discussed about the, the child care, so mom can get in there and, and listen. You know, we we have. Eight month old, you know, there's, yeah. How old are yeah. your kids? So I have an eight month old. Uh, my son is going to be three in 10 days. And then my daughter will be five in December. Okay, So, so yeah, four, two, and eight months. Ours
0: old. were every two years. We didn't have yeah. a chart, mm-hmm. but that's how it showed up. Exactly and so, right. um, so, so what would help these guys then would be even things like date night. Oh
1: yeah. yeah, yeah
0: watch the kids yes. and give mom and dad a break. Maybe give them a little homework mm-hmm. to work on the marriage, some of those. So a lot of it's going to be marriage and parenting and
2: yeah I think one of the main like we we like we discussed this just the other day but one like of the main issues is is time away like i said your oh dad got deployed for eighteen months comes back so when i when I left for basic sorry just a little side story about yeah, so yeah. I left for basic in march twenty seventh of 2017 I joined later in life uh, I'd been married for two years, but with basic airborne school you know my job training, and then I got shipped to Germany wow. first duty station, hey, you're going to germany so i I got sent straight there You left
0: your family behind yeah Holy so, smart. because my
2: wife was too, she was pregnant. She was too far along to, to fly. So I had to go to Germany. I was there for 30 days, had to hop on a flight. Uh, we were just telling a story yesterday. I was on a C-17, which is not really heated, for 18 hours in the middle of winter in December for, yeah, to fly back to the States just to make it for my daughter's birth. Wow. And so went there, was able to see her born, everything, everything went smooth and great was with her for seven days. And I had to fly back to Germany because a bunch of paperwork has to be done. So I didn't see my daughter again until she was five months, end of April. So, And then by the time I'm living with my wife again, it's been over a year and now we have a baby. So, I mean, married for two years, away over a year, start over.
0: So she's dealing with pregnancy, birth, postpartum, depression. She's living like a single mom. So if there's not support for her, I mean, her life is really complicated and difficult, yeah. not to mention the two, you know, being separated. I mean, just you take any married couple and just say, hey, don't eat or sleep together for an indefinite period of time. <laughs> it's probably not going to improve the marriage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know Jesus, you're probably not going to make a lot of good decisions.
2: Yeah, yeah Absolutely.
0: So so a, a strong community of support for the wife is one of the best things you can do for the soldier. Absolutely. And then uh, loving supporting the kids and giving mom a break. Yeah,
2: a uh, nice little, <laughs> little vacation every once a in a while. A little bonus round. Yeah. So
0: what would it look like for you to be able to start to offer date nights on base for the couples and the military families? Yeah. What would that take? I mean, so if you're a chap, like I'm... I, I, uh, I've got a church, I've got a ministry, people can give gifts, they can do things. How does that work for those who say, okay, I love the chaplains, I love Jesus, I love soldiers? Like, how can I help
1: the chaplain do what God's called him to do for the families on the base? Um, Well, so, I mean, for nice things, nice things cost money. So, (laughs) I guess money. I mean, when you're talking about a date night, I've done many date nights and the army has money, the army has certain pots of money that allows you to pay for a dinner for the couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we have some there at YPG and, and we're going to, I, I mean, I, I intend to turn none of it away. I intend to have- a It's s- the only government money I'm
0: actually really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> if we can give date night to soldiers, yes. families, that, that's the one thing I think we can actually get a decent vote
1: for. Thank you for paying your taxes. Just know that oh, don't some of me it... They don't give me a freaking choice, brother. I'll tell you that right now. So it's not all wasted. And and I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm not turning any of this away. I mean, I'm not trying to save any money. I am trying to execute dollars. And for these different requirements, yeah. what, what we call requirements in, in the funding world. And this is a requirement. I mean, if you want your community to be spiritually fit and i do and i say you know i mean commanders ultimately are in charge we, we got to pony up we got to pony up but then you here's, also-
0: here's your new life verse ecclesiastes 10 19 food is good for the stomach wine makes life merry but money is the answer for everything <laughs> <laughs> you know and
1: i love ecclesiastes <laughs> <laughs> Yes. and, 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 and So that's... do you have
0: a budget to like, I'm just going to ask a bunch of stupid yeah. civilian questions. No, nah, come on. So like, <laughs> do you have a good stack of good Bibles to be able to give people to read God's Word, or do you need a stack of Bibles? Well, so... Do you got money for date night? Do you have a sound system? Where do you meet for chapel? Just yes you know open the
1: kimono brother okay all right Right. man you here we (laughs) go you should not have asked me all this uh this is this is all on my mind because we're about ready to get in you're just getting started Uh, well i'm just getting started and this is being filmed in september which means fy 23 is october 1st so all of this is fresh in my mind we of course have a building it's 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 a chapel you can't miss it you know it's got a steeple on top um, Chairs, it, sound system, stage, the usual. Uh, yeah, but you, yeah, we we need some help in in that regard. Most chapels that I've been into, you know, the the sound system and the lighting and all that stuff could definitely use some upgrades. That is hard. It's hard to spend money on that because a lot. It, to, for good stuff, you got to pay money, and you you. Can, I know. Yes. yes. <laughs> I figure you did. <laughs> if it plugs and, in, just add a zero. Yes. Yeah. And, and you can only spend certain things on with certain pots of money. Yeah. So there are certain things that like it's easier to purchase, and then there are certain things like sound systems that's that's harder to purchase. Um. But you know, I can do date nights, and I do have some money for that. Uh, if I had unlimited budget i'd do a date night and and actually what's even what i think is even more valuable is not the date night but overnight retreats mm-hmm. there is something that can be said so you
0: like to go away with your wife for a night Absolutely. no kids yeah yeah. Kind of, yeah
1: we'd have to pray about that we just
0: two yeah. or three witnesses man we <laughs> landed there quick yeah
1: and even if the kids come yeah. during some of the weekend it's good to have child so care. could
0: we sponsor through real faith a uh a, uh, a soldiers, wives weekend away. We find a way to have, uh, the kids watched and get mom and dad a break. Could yes. we sponsor that and make yes, that happen? Absolutely. Then we'll do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those so- are the kind of things I think, um, I would encourage local pastors, ministry leaders, business leaders, how do they find their local chaplain to figure out what these needs are so they can help? Cause I think for most people, they're like, Thank you for your service. We love you. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you. We're grateful for you. You know, we are sorry the way the world is trending and it's against, you know, faith, freedom, and family. How can we help? But they don't know where to go. Yeah. So, how would they find the chaplain at their local base?
1: If if they live next to a local if base. Yeah, if it's in their city or their, their state. Drive on there, find the steeple, go walk in. Now You, you can do that? Absolutely, yeah. Because nobody can. wants to get shot. I mean, you yeah. know, we don't know. So. <laughs> so I used to work at Fort Meade, and Fort Meade is best known for the NSA. You don't want to go on there, okay? But if you try and get go through the gate at the NSA, the National Security Agency, that's a problem. But most bases... You can go on, or at least go to the visitor center, get, get a pass. Go to the chapel. Go, Google is your friend. You can Google Maps it. You can find the chapel. You
0: email the guy. You, Where would you find a chaplain digitally?
1: So Google, for example, Yuma call- Proving Ground Chapel. My office number will come up. You call it till someone answers, and, and there you go. You could do that. Um, I forget the Air Force Base that's right outside of, of Phoenix here or Tucson. You could do that. For the Air Force Base here, a few hours away is Fort Huachuca. Um, you know, just I guess southeast of Phoenix. Uh, that's kind of a bigger military, certainly bigger than YPG. You could you could Google Fort Huachuca Chapel and then find the number, call them, and then just engage that way. Chapel chaplains. I don't know very many chaplains that would turn that away. And and if someone did, I would say. To, let me talk to the other chaplain. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I certainly would never turn it away. But it's it's really simple. I mean, like, you know, we, we want to get away. We want to get away. And I've done, I've done marriage retreats when I've had the money for it. And sometimes the money's there and sometimes it's not. I try and go as far away as possible. If you say, hey, we're going to meet down the road at this hotel, that's not good enough. You want to get away? There's something that can. You be guys sick. want to come to Scottsdale? Uh, th- that that from Yuma? There's nothing in Yuma, so no, yes. Bro, I, we, no, <laughs> if I have date night in Scottsdale or Yuma,
0: dude, yeah. yeah, I'm going to Scottsdale. So, so what I so what I'm hearing is on a lot of bases there are Christian chaplains who love Jesus. They've got the equivalent of a church or a church plant mm-hmm. and a ministry with families and all the usual things that a pastor deals with they could be partnered with if a local church or business leader Mm -hmm. said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to support you. And almost every church or ministry has got a missions budget. Mm -hmm. And I guess what I'm, what I'm encouraging is like, find that local base, find that local chaplain. If they love Jesus, Mm -hmm. then they're doing very important missions work. They're, they're reaching and serving people for Christ who are in, complicated variables mm-hmm. and a closed community that would otherwise be a little more difficult to minister to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm assuming, you know, if the if the local church or business leader or ministry is just willing to be the supply line and then let the chaplain and his team be the front line, yep. there it doesn't sound like there's much of a supply line built.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I mean an overnight event or a weekend event um, so let me ask you this. We'll just do this on cameras as the whole world's watching. So um, so you're a smaller
0: base compared mm-hmm. to many. So if we did, uh, and it wouldn't have to just be Christians, anybody would be welcome, make an evangelistic event. How many couples do you think you would be able to get? Was
1: there a couple hundred families on base? There's a couple hundred uniformed soldiers. Okay. Most of them are married. Um, there's a lot of civilians uh, we would, we would focus on the uniform soldiers. And when you're at, when you're at Yuma and you're given the opportunity, you know, for, for, for a marriage retreat, there's, there's a high percentage of turnout. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah.
0: So let's do this then. And I would encourage other pastors and ministry leaders. I didn't, I didn't know this is where we'd end up, but it's where we ended up, which is great. (laughs) So Grace and I, my wife, we do, um, We do a weekly marriage podcast, Real Marriage, and we've got another marriage book coming out here in January. And why don't we do this? Um, Why don't we put together a time, January, February, somewhere between New Year's and Valentine's Day, somewhere in there where the weather's really nice. Let's partner it between Real Marriage. I'm sure my friends at XO and Marriage Today would be about this as well. Trinity Church will be involved as well. And let's put together... Uh, let's put together an event, an overnight or a weekend or whatever, uh, for soldiers and their families in Scottsdale. Yeah. And then um, I've got the church there with the kids ministry. And so we could get creative with that, but we could provide some programming and break for mom and dad. And we can we could put this all together. We'll pick up the tab for all of that, make sure everybody gets a good Bible. And I want to come down to, you know, we'll come down to the base. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a visit here shortly, see what you guys are doing, see what you need but we wanna just be supportive yes. and helpful and thank you for all that you're doing. And then I would encourage, you know, especially since this is gonna air around Veterans Day, for other Christians and pastors and leaders, like just try and figure out where's the guy who loves Jesus mm-hmm. and has the authority to do ministry yes. and how do you help that guy and his family do
1: ministry? Yeah, yeah. No, that would be amazing. And, and th- we would have an amazing turnout Um, I mean, getting away from Yuma, getting to Scottsdale, that's, there, there's, there's only upside to that. Yeah. And then, but as far as Bibles are concerned, I, I mean, so I love handing out Bibles. What's, I think what's even better is handing out study Bibles. ESV study
0: Bibles. Yes. That's
1: what we give away at Trinity. That, no, so those, you know, of course a Bible is great, but to be able to give them a study Bible. Something
0: significant. Yes. Leather cover, cow gave its life, it's important. Yeah. I, so my whole life changed, uh, I was in high school, pastor's daughter gave me a really nice leather-bound Bible with my name on it. I got saved reading it in college. And part of the reason I kept it and kept picking it up was it seemed like this is very significant, this mm-hmm. is a big gift, this must be important. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, it le- I remember many years ago, my dad had a leather-bound Bible Study study Bible and I and I took it. and I was reading it and I I don't know a, a few days or a couple weeks went by whatever, and I was like, Dad, I'm not giving this back. He goes, That's okay. Yeah. it's yours. I'll go buy another one. So uh, so that's that's a great memory and just to, I mean you know ESV study Bible that's a great it's an incredible resource. start. It's an incredible you know resource. I mean of course there's yeah there's tons of options. there's tons of options but that is a great start and when you give someone an ESV study Bible. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal, especially if they take it and say, look at this, I'm unpacking God's word in a way that maybe I, I hadn't before. Like yeah. by myself, not listening to someone else, but like in my own study time, this is helpful. And to watch them grow from that, it's big. Okay. Yeah.
0: So let's do this. Let's, uh, let's we'll talk offline. I'll come visit you guys down at the base. Um, can I go in the wind tunnel? if you want yeah i don't know if i want do i want do i want to go to that's fine yeah. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> okay but i can do the wind tunnel then we'll trade you wind tunnel for a marriage event um <laughs> and so then um yeah we would love to get you study bibles and then we will plan the uh, retreat and event for mm-hmm. soldiers and families and wives awesome. if it's january february we have a new marriage book coming out grace and i can give it to him it's out of the song of solomon it focuses on sex if you want us to come talk yeah, about sex, yeah. oh yep, you know I'm willing to. I'll see if Grace would. Um,
1: as long as the kids are in childcare, yeah, let's, you don't want to, go. Like, That's how yeah. I got here. Now I need trauma therapy. Yeah. And you know, I've, <laughs> I've led marriage retreats before, and one of the comments was, "You you need to talk about sex. You need to talk. You know." And there's a lot of people who are struggling in I'm that area. I'm all about helping. Okay, there yeah, you go. I'm here to serve, brother. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You'll uh, bear that cross. Yeah, man. I will, man. I will. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's, you know, somebody's got to do that ministry, yes. and so I'm, yes. I'm volunteering. It, <laughs> it is important because, you know, you a lot of people don't talk about it, and you think you're okay, and a lot of people are not okay. And why, I mean, why are we not enjoying sex, like we should, well, especially the pressures of military and deployment, they've got all kinds of
0: complicated decisions to make, like, when we're deployed, what do we do? Mm-hmm. What do we not do? I mean, you've got not to, you know, turn this into the, you know, the NC 17 real leaders podcast. But if I didn't see my wife for a year, at some point, you got to talk about like, well, we're not doing what we want to do. So yeah. what are we gonna do?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now at YPG, fortunately, they're not deploying. Um, they're just jumping out of airplanes, perfectly (laughs) good airplanes, you know, 1.0 gear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's plenty of time to have babies. I mean, that, that hospital in Yuma is, is, is busy, (laughs) but still there's a lot of dysfunction when, when it comes to that. And usually it is. And also I've noticed this when I've done counseling before, especially with younger soldiers, but even older soldiers, you start asking them questions and it's like, when I was 16, when I was 14, when I was 12, and I'm like, man. There's abuse, there's trauma, there's addiction, there's everything. There's so much, and a lot. sometimes it's overwhelming, like, oh man, I don't know if I'm qualified to talk about this. I mean, like, that happened when you were 12, and man, you know, so, so whether it was sexual or not, you know, there's, there's a lot that happens in people's past. But even if it's not sexual, to bring baggage into a marriage unresolved for years and years and yeah. years, you know, there's there's something wrong.
0: Yeah, well, and with your military requirements and then you start adding kids, you can get so busy that you're mm-hmm. not dealing with issues.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then the pressure comes and then there's a crisis. So, well, it'd be an honor to do what we can to support what you are doing. I would encourage those who have joined us, um, find your local base, find mm-hmm. your local chaplain. If they're an evangelical that loves Jesus, try to figure out how do we help? How do we support? How, what do you need? What do we, you know, what can we do to help? And if you're a pastor, I mean, this seems like a simple, very significant way to say, we're doing missions all over the world. Most churches are contributing to missions. Are we overlooking the people, maybe even Mm -hmm. in our own community that are defending all of our religious freedom to preach the gospel of Jesus? Shouldn't we make sure we don't look over them to the nations? but we should look through them first yeah. uh, because they're defending the nation.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so thank you guys for your time. Anything else we could be praying for you or your
2: families about? I don't know.
1: Yeah, just... Uh...
2: Safe landings, man. Eh? Safe landings. <laughs> Good gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: good gear, safe landings. Yep. yep.
0: Okay. Well, love you guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. And I look forward to seeing you on the base. And we'll put the rest of this together. And thank you for everybody at Real Faith and Trinity Church who... Are generous. I didn't know we were going to end up here, but if that's what the need is, hey, we'll do it, man. That sounds good to me.
1: Pastor Mark, thank you so much. Love you guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you. you.